Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott, here in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm with my host, Coach Dean Manchie, over in Kimberly. Coach, what's going on? Excited to get this podcast with Kevin going and end the Bucks game right afterwards. So, uh, fear the deer, go Bucks. Exciting, exciting times, obviously, in Wisconsin, obviously, in professional baseball, the all-star games coming up, but obviously, you know, the thing I think a lot of us are looking forward to is, is football season uh, and things like that. So before we, before we jump into that, just want to hit on a couple notes here. Uh, if you're a new listener uh, to our podcast, we appreciate you hopping on, you know, maybe you're a, a, a Ravens fan or someone that follows Kevin or something like that, or, or some of our other guests. We appreciate you hopping on. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast. We'd love to have that. You know, if you like what we're saying, uh, give us a give us that five star rating. We'd love to have that. Uh, we also have our Instagram and Twitter accounts. Where we put a lot of information out there, you know, on a weekly basis about our guests. It's also a great way for you to contact our guests with questions. So give us a follow, give us a subscribe uh, for the podcast, give us a like on our Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Dean's also got the Fox Valley Throws Club both on Instagram and Twitter. A lot of that information's in our show notes, as well as our multiple sports advantage locations uh, that, that we have training and sports performance in. So with all the uh, basic stuff out of the way, we want to get to our guest here today. And before I introduce our guest, I just want to say a couple of things about Kevin Zeitler, who is, who is our guest today. Um, I've worked with Kevin for uh, over 10 years. I've known Kevin for over 10 years now, and he's a very, very special person, uh, not only in the football world, but he's someone who's very special in my life as well. He's been one of those guys. He's kind of a, a dream athlete in the weight room because the iron is something that he really loves and it's something that he really embraces. And so developed an incredible relationship with Kevin uh, he is another example of a great Wisconsin kid who has made himself into an incredible professional. Uh, he's got a wife with two kids, and uh, we're going to turn it over to Kevin. So Kevin Zeitler with the, with the Baltimore Ravens. Are you there with us, bud? Yeah, I am. Awesome. So Kevin, uh, I don't know if you follow our podcast or not, or if you listen in, but you know, we like to let the guests just kind of tell us about themselves, you know, who they are, where they've been from some of the basic stuff. Um, so Kevin, the floor is yours. Kind of let our listeners know a little bit about you. Yeah, so I'm Kevin Zeitler. Uh, grew up in Wisconsin my whole life. Attended uh, Wisconsin Lutheran for high school. And then I went to the University of Wisconsin where for college, and that's where I'm at, Bot. And um, been lucky enough to play in the NFL for 10 years now. Been with Cincinnati, Cleveland, New York, and now with uh, Baltimore this year. So been all over the place and had a lot of fun doing it. Kevin, this is a good question for everyone knows you have a huge passion for the weight room and you know, that's where your connection was with Brian and sports advantage, but when did that passion start? And then how do you feel that weight room has really helped in your career? Oh, it uh, was critical. So it's kind of funny, like growing up, I was no spectacular athlete. I was always the fat kid, the one made fun of, you know, weak, slow, just I was six, you know, two, but just I had no interest. Like I had interest in sport, but there was nothing, you know, out there saying, hey, you can go do this. I was more interested in music, you know, back in grade school, like my parents were more musically inclined, thus, you know, I took that step. I wanted to play basketball because Michael Jordan was, you know, my biggest thing growing up, you know, Michael Jordan, Space Jam, the Bulls being, you know, unbelievable. So that was, you know, just like, in my opinion, the Wisconsin, you know, thing, everyone wants to play basketball. So anyway, like um, I got to high school, I played, I almost didn't play freshman football. Like um, I went through a growth spurt my eighth grade year and it just, didn't go well like I was always in pain like growing pains and all that so I was like you know football sucks I don't want to do it and I was able to be convinced to go hey play uh you know you met some friends last couple of years go play and you know I did it good time I think I was 6 2 two thirty at the time not looking good had some fun and then I was lucky enough to have an aha moment um that was the national championship game back in 2004 USC versus Oklahoma 
not exactly sure what it was. I wasn't a big football guy. Like I said, I didn't watch football much. I watched some Wisconsin games growing up, but nothing like super loyal. And um, something about that game triggered something. I always say, God slap me on the back of the head right there. Like chills on the back of your neck. Like, I don't know, USC dominated, but they did this big thing on the Oklahoma offensive line during the game, showing how big they were. And I don't know, something about it like really got me excited about the process. And like I had, I had started training at that time as part of like uh, Wisconsin Lutheran's thing. They had a great strength conditioning program. Everyone had to participate. But, you know, not coming from a sp- sports background I didn't know what was what like I couldn't even squat 135 because it didn't feel good like you know it was just like okay we're doing a 25 each side here we go but after that moment that big aha moment it was like holy crap like I want to do this you know first thing I do is I jump online I look on rivals I'm like there's kids in my class already freshmen have d1 offers I'm like oh crap they're all like you know 6'4 280 already I'm like okay I'm behind so from that day on, like, I don't know if my mind was opened or whatnot, but like within a month, you know, I'm squatting 225. I'm like every day working out. I'm competing every day, speed training, you know, whenever the high school allowed it. And kind of that obsession and the idea of like, oh my goodness, I am so far behind. I am so far behind. I really want to do this. Like I've got to beat everyone, you know, not only on the team, you know, I'm a young freshman, but like I need to beat everyone in the U.S., like, I need to go get my offers. And that's where it started. Like, from that day on, it just every single day in the way you're at school. But more, I'd say more importantly, I'd come home from, like, a long basketball press. I'd be in my basement, push-ups till failure every day. I had a little, like, weight-adjustable dumbbell that would go up to 35 pounds. Like, sets of failure of every exercise I could think of. I found a book, like, it was a North Carolina football training book. Um, and I would just go in the pictures in the back and everything I could do with a single dumbbell, I do like three to four sets to failure on every exercise every day. And somehow that built up a nice little, like, uh, you know, stamina, natural muscle conditioning and kind of all started taking off from there. You know, Kevin, that, that kind of explains, you know, some of the things that I've seen at Wisconsin with you and, and even some of the stuff that I've seen that, you know, since you've been a pro, um, you know, and let, let's kind of go to that. So you committed to Wisconsin, you know, you walk in um, and I know just been dealing with you and those people that have dealt with you, coaches and, and, and other athletes know, you know, how important football and training is to you. And your comment of saying that you don't want to fall behind makes sense with how the mentality is that you train with. Um, and I can share a story when, when Kevin was a freshman uh, he's probably knows the story I'm going to share. Uh, we were doing, uh, I think we were doing singles on the bench and, you know, we're getting close to testing time and, you know, for, for a freshman kid, you know, to bench 375 pounds is, is, is pretty impressive, you know, and, and the week before Kevin had hit uh, 375 and, and on his card was 380 and, you know, he went to do his last set. And I, and I think Kevin that I think you had missed the lift with, with some class stuff or what, I think it was just you and I in there and, you know, you had 380 on the bar and he's moving it and, you know, he wasn't going to get it. And I kind of, I, I kind of gave it the, uh, the uh, Twitter tap to kind of help get it up a little bit. And, you know, I put it in and he asked, he goes, did I get that? And I said, no. And I, I don't think I've ever seen a kid more frustrated benching 375 pounds in my life, but the mindset Kevin that you have, and that's kind of what I want you to talk about a little bit. Um, everything matters to you, Kevin everything does. You do things with such a high level of um, passion and, and the way you go about it, where did you, you know, how, explain kind of your mindset with that. And then where do you think that comes from? Because it's, it's very unique, very unique on how you go about that. Yeah. So I think it kind of like back where my story, when I started, I think, you know, the absolute paranoia, like I'm so far behind made everything, like, I think that was part of it. You know, I need to be like, you know, I'm a freshman at Wisconsin at that time. You know, so I'm looking at Craig Urbic, you know, John Moffat, Bill Nagy, like all the kids in my group, Peter Kahn's, Joe Schaefer, Jake Current, and then all the other guys who are there. Like, I'm like, I've got to, you know, keep competing. You know, as much as I love the weight room, I'd say, you know, I think you could even attest to this bot. Like, I was, I was strong, but I wasn't like, you know, 
Travis coming in and squatting 700 pounds on his first day strong. I had to fight for everything I got in there. And, you know, it came out pretty nice, but it was like, so I was never truly the strongest in the room, which drove me nuts. So it was like every day I have to attack no matter what to, uh, you know, keep up with these guys. Do you think, Kevin, do you, you know, reverting back to saying you weren't the strongest guy in the room, do you think that that's something? And, and we've, you know, we had, you know, halves on and, you know, we've had a couple other guys on. Do you think that that's something that made our unit that much more special? Because you were chasing so many, you know, everybody was chasing that, that number of, of, hey, I want to be the alpha in the room. And you had so many alphas in the room that everybody was chasing that. Do you think that that's something, because obviously going to three Rose Bowls and, you know, running for, you know, thousands and thousands of yards and, and what some of our tailbacks were able to do um, and quarterbacks, you know, obviously they were very skilled, right? Let's not take away from, you know, Scotty and, and Russell's quarterbacks and, and Monty and James and, and Melvin and some of those guys you block for. Um, but do you think that that played into why you guys are so good? Oh, it was critical. Um, every day, you know, the weight room set the mindset of the whole group. You know, we were lucky enough. We had space and time where, you know, you broke up O-line tight ends, you know, fullbacks. You know, we had our group, the defensive, you know, big guys lifted with them and then the skilled players lifted with each other. You know, that set the tone right there. And then every single day we came to work, you know, we got to be the biggest, strongest O-lineman. And on top of that, the individual competition in the room. But every day our mindset was reinforced by the way we trained. And, you know, obviously you have to then translate that to the football field, which, you know, we had a heck of a coaching staff and we were able to, you know, convert all this strength and power onto the field. And, you know, it was an unstoppable force. You know, Kevin, I love your mindset with this. You know, you just seem to be, you're a coach's dream, you know, strength and conditioning coach's dream. Cause you know, I'm at the high school level and, you know, and you have your, athletes that come in and they just love the weight room and then you got athletes that you know just don't want to be in the weight room they'd rather be out there you know playing basketball or football or whatever the sport that they're in you know and this mindset that you got is is just so self-driven and you're just the huge sense of urgency um what do you do when when somebody along the playing on the line you know some of your teammates don't have that inner drive like you do to get better how do you how do you try to you know how does that work because you know you're you're like i am in the weight room where like i'm thinking well everybody should be wanting that mindset of weight room everybody should walk out of that weight room stronger when they than they walked in and that you know 110 effort and dripping sweat and getting after but as a coach we try to motivate those kids that don't like it what do you do as a player when that happens Team. Uh, I mean, that's a, uh, you know, that's the dynamite question right there. Like, how do you get the whole group to go? Like, being on so many different teams means so many different people, you know, it's kind of nuts. Like, you never know who wants to be there, who's going to give it their all, like, who has different thoughts on training and whatnot, you know, what works for you, what works for them, what have they had success with, yada, 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 yada. The biggest thing it comes down to is like, you know, if you, like especially you know guys coming up and whatnot i mean you have to be in there you have to build the muscle you have to build strength you have to build the you know nervous system you know not just for straight power you can't just be a power lifter and squat 700 once you know you have to be able to what squat 315 like 40 times you know throughout a workout or something we're football players we have to build that stamina that muscle stamina both on and off the field it can't just be for one rep because you're just gonna what do it one time on the field and fall over and be done you know, you got to be able to be strong in an entire game, you know, you know, anywhere from 60 to 100 plays, you know, it's just part of it. Kevin, I think that's really unique, too, because you, you know, when we when we were in season, obviously, you know, we've touched on with some different podcasts we've had that just the in-depth way we went about our in season, right, where guys actually were getting stronger. And then the, the way we set our groups up, you know, we had groups of like two or three guys every hour and a half where, you know, we, we really took the time. And coaches, please listen to this. You have to, in season, you have to take the time with your athletes because that's that's why you play. You know what I mean? All the lifting and training is great and all the numbers are great, but it doesn't mean a lick of shit if if you're not if you're not doing it during the season. And so we would break our groups up into two or three. And the guy that you would train with, you know, Peter Kahn's is 
kind of, it's a lot, you know, kind of, you know, you're, you're kind of fire. He's kind of ice, you know, um, because he was more of a movement guy, you know, really moved well in space. You were a mauler, um, you know, not that he couldn't maul and not that you can't move, but, you know, it was a lot different. And I think you guys were really good for each other when you trained with each other because of the mentality you brought. I think you raised his level up. And I think he raised your level up, you know, in different areas as well. Would you agree? Absolutely. We are great. You know, that's exactly, you know, he was hilarious. I was, you know, so <laughs> focused. It helped loosen me up. It helped drive him. You know, we are perfect training partners for each other. And, you know, another thing I really appreciate about you with those in-season lifts, you took the time every day to truly warm us up. You know, we talked about all this glorifying, you know, we got stronger. We maxed out in season, which we sure did. But you also took the time every day. Okay, we need to work your hips. We need to keep you mobile. We need to, you know, by the time we get to squat, we're pouring sweat. It's not like, okay, guys, let's go get under a bar and start squatting because you know the amount of times how sore I was and how many times I hated you for it, but we were able to get it done. And you pushed me. You were able to stretch me, you know, way past my you know, physical and mental limits right there, and we were able to get it done. But you took the time and took care of the details, you know, to make sure it happened. Well, I think one of the funny stories that, that we had, I can't remember which one was which right now. So Kev, you have to help me. One of you guys was in a boot. It might've been you that was in a boot. It and definitely was. <laughs> so it was so important that we make sure that, that, that all you guys were, that you didn't really care. Like if you were a little dinged up or anything, you felt our group, that group felt that the squat rack was our competitive advantage. Like we, we pose that as a competitive advantage. And so I remember you being in a boot and still wanting to squat. And I mean like squat heavy. And Pete was outside the door. He was outside the door watching to make sure none of the trainers came in because you weren't like, let's not, let's not make sure our listeners don't get the wrong impression here. You could walk on your foot, but it was one of those things where you were probably about 90 to 95%. But your thought process was I need to feel strong going into this game Saturday. So Pete's outside the weight room door watching for the trainer to come in i'm under the bar with kevin and it was you know it was one of those things that we just we did because it was something that was of value to us right absolutely i don't know how i did it my ankle didn't move that day but it did we got it done so so kevin you you know so much work goes into this the high school process at wisconsin lutheran and then you know you're a wisconsin badger which is the every high school kids dream to play for the Wisconsin Badgers and you bust your tail and you got great memories with coach bot and all your teammates. Now you get drafted, you know, what, what did that feel like? What was that process? And then what was your mindset as you, as you come into camp as a rookie? Um, obviously I was late. It's kind of funny. You know, my whole high school goals play D one ball, play D one ball. You know, as soon as I got to college, it was, I really wanted to be an All-American. We had this great, you know, metal plaque wall, and you saw the old lineman. And, you know, my big thing was, like, I wanted to leave a mark. You know, I was, you know, I'm not just at Wisconsin, but I was good at Wisconsin. You know, I did something oh, with time there. And that was my one of my huge driving factors the whole time was I want my metal plaque. You know, I don't want to be, you know, I want to be remembered, you know, in the hallway and whatnot. And, um, you know, I was able to accomplish that thanks, you know, to Bod and my coaches, you know, the team was great at the time. We were able to do a lot of, you know, we put a lot of guys on that wall during my time there. It was a great thing to be a part of. And it's kind of hilarious. Like I didn't really think of NFL like during the process as much, you know, even when you're like, you know, good in college, like still kind of a far off thing. Like, Oh yeah. The NFL, whatever. That's, that is what it is. You know, I can't do that. But uh, suddenly it was, you know, we start getting older. We go into my juniors, all the seniors the year before every single one got drafted. And, you know, they're all – you're watching preseason. They're all playing in the NFL starting, and it's like, oh, geez. And, you know, personally, you're like, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. And suddenly, the guy comes more and more real and get through your senior year, and it's like, oh, wow, it's here. And got lucky enough to get drafted in the first round to Cincinnati and ended up being a perfect pairing, you know, coaching, talent, team at the time, everything put together, and it was a great first five years. So Kev, share with us a little bit. So that mindset, you know, as a rookie, right? How do you, how do you, now that you're a veteran, how do you help some of these guys that come in as rookies? 
that are really highly touted, you know, you know, the process you went through, how is it different for you now as a veteran now as new guys circle in? And then when rookies come into the O line, you know, what are some of the things that maybe you do to, to help them um, through the process? Yeah. So, you know, as you go through the time, you kind of learn what you uh, personally need, you know, do you need more film? Do you need to know the rules? Do you need all the physical training? Do you need more practice reps? You know, so one of the big things, you know, I try to share, what do you individually need? Like, because the coaches, I've learned this, O-line coaches, they have their, you know, ways. They're going to cover what they want to cover in the meeting. And does that cover, you know, what you need? The strength coach has his plans. Does that cover what you need? Like, make a list right away. Like, what are the things you personally need to be successful? And then, you know, are they covered in the meetings or do you need to make sure you take the time, you know, take the responsibility for your career and get them in so you can feel confident going into that game? Nice. Okay. So Kev, we've talked, you know, a lot about the training aspect, the weight room, all that other stuff. But one of the things that, you know, as we communicate, you know, over your off seasons and throughout the season, which we talk, you know, periodically throughout the season, but we talk probably once a month in the off season, you know, your off season regimen has gotten um, a lot different. Um, you, it's very personalized for what you do. Um, and it's, it, it quite honestly, it's, you know, for some of our listeners out there that are West side barbell, you know, kind of mimics a little bit West side barbell with your, with your two a day, you know, workouts. Um, so you kind of have your main session in the morning, you know, whether, wherever it is, but then you also do some afternoon sessions just for your own, you know, body maintenance and things like that. So tell us a little bit where that came from and tell us a little bit about how that's worked for you, because it's a lot different than, than, a, you know, a lot of people would say most people to get their work on and they go home, you know, you, you like doing stuff in the morning. You know, I know we, you know, we, we go over some stuff that you need to do in the morning before your workout, you know, and then, then you do your, your main workout and then you have time and then you go back to the gym again. So kind of talk, talk us through that process. Yeah. So the double days all started basically uh, from my first off season. Um, obviously you get to the NFL and you're out of college. You suddenly have a lot more time on your hands. So my first off season, I'd go in and train at 7am in the morning and you know, you're done nine, nine 30 and you know, you kill it. There's so much time throughout the day. So that first off season, you know, I'd go and train and then, go off, live my life, I guess, for the first time, you know, not busy. And I came to, you know, into the NFL, my, you know, my second year and, you know, things were great, but suddenly I started getting hurt. Like I had a little more injuries. Um, my body comp wasn't exactly what I wanted. It wasn't like outrageous or anything, but it was like, you know, I just, why do I feel this way? Why am I a little more tired during practice? And thinking back to it, you know, it was like, oh shoot, you know, I was moving constantly throughout the day in college. You know, I, I had to walk to classes. I didn't have a moped. I had to, you know, be busy. You know, we would do our stretch sessions, you know, in the morning, but then we'd have our lifts in the afternoon. So, you know, it was a more like, you know, my body was constantly moving in some way, shape or form. And on top of that, you know, that's building like a mental stamina, you know, that's why, you know, when I got to the NFL the first year, I was like, oh my gosh, practice is so easy. We're not doing anything compared to what we had been doing but I had lost that. So it was like, okay, my next off season, I came back thinking, okay, I need to plan my days. What do I need? How do I need to approach it? And that's where, you know, get my main athletic, you know, power lifting in the morning, then come back in the afternoon do a big stretch recovery, do some extra hypertrophy if I wanted to, whatever I needed to do. And that would, uh, you know, filled my day nicely and made my body feel good. And, you know, you adjust as needed based on, you know, if you're peaking in the morning, you do less in the afternoon. If it's, you know, high, you know, high, lower volume or like, you know, a more recovery based week, you do a little more in the afternoon. You just have to play it out. And like, I learned to trust my body on it. Yeah, Kevin, you know, you're as one of the best guards in the league in the NFL and all that. And, you know, one of the things you, you love to lift weights and but how important is your recovery and diet been? You know, and what would you suggest for high school kids? Because what my, my challenge as a high school coach is we got a lot of kids love to lift weights, but then when you talk about the mobility and you talk about putting on the weight the correct way, you know, one thing I've always been impressed is you know, you're with your height and your weight, you're solid. 
You know, you're just not one of those big guys with a lot of slop on. And you obviously know that, hey, if it's good weight, if it's muscle weight, I'm going to move better and I'm going to be a much better football player. And I think that's why you're regarded as one of the best guards in the league because you, along with Joe Thomas, when we had Joe Thomas on the podcast, same thing, you know, really put together. And obviously you're just not going and eating a ton of bad foods and all that. You're, you're really dialing in your diet, eating lots of good foods and so on. So um, advice for our listeners on that. Yeah. So, I mean, I got lucky. Um, but like at Bay of Wisconsin, Lutheran, like I said, we had a heck of a strength and conditioning program and they truly, truly emphasize the importance of stretching, flexibility, recovery. Um, their big old saying was you, until you can fully flat palm the ground, your hammies are too tight. And their big thing, you know, they always said that Wisconsin told them this. I don't know if it's true, but you, every time you're watching TV at night, cause everyone's watching TV or a show or something like, as soon as a commercial comes on, you should be stretching that entire commercial break. So if you do that for an hour, you have six stretching breaks, you know, whether it's hammies, you know, groin, quads, hip flexors, like, you know, piriformis, whatever you need to do. Like if you have TV on for two hours, you might as well stretch 12 times during that. And, you know, I just, obviously as a young kid, I'm listening. Cause I was like, okay, I need to, I need to do this. I want to be a D one player. So like every day I'm doing that on top of like, you know, all those, uh, push-ups and body weight stuff you know I was doing so I mean that was critical that's what instilled it so like whenever that stuff was brought up when I was at Wisconsin it's like oh it's a no-brainer it's just what I do so and as far as diet like I mean it's pretty simple like cook at home eat good stuff if your parents make something eat it if you're young you know just do whole foods grill all the time you know eat some rice eat some potatoes eat some veggies like it's like if you eat the good stuff most of the time you're going to be great. If you need to put on weight, eat more good stuff. And if you need, and let's face it, you know, everyone knows you're going to eat out. That's just the world these days. You're going to eat out eventually. You're going to be at a party, you know, plan for it. Like if you're worried, if you need to like cut or gain, like plan for it, just like, except take a plate. Like I get one plate while I'm here. Or if you're eating out, like I had to get one meal. I don't need everything else, you know, you know, use it and get through. Like it's part of life, but you just have to plan for it. Yeah, I know. I think that's important, Kevin, because, you know, Joe talked about just getting a loaf of bread, you know, having peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and, and drinking lots of milk. You know, it sounds so simple. You talk about whole foods, you know, we're always preaching that just eat real foods, you know, eat, eat the steak and eat the potatoes. But it's it's just consistency. You know, I think with especially high school kids being able to do that all the time and probably eating when you don't feel like eating if you're trying to gain some muscle weight exactly i mean the key like you know i think if you're young is make sure you're training your brains out so whatever weight you put on becomes usable weight right away don't take the time to put all the weight on and then have to take an additional whole bunch of time to re like shape it yeah i know you know the kids are always looking for you know this specific supplement or this protein or whatever and you know I, and i just think you know, just getting there and eating just a ton of good whole foods is, is always the best answer of, of putting on good weight. Agreed. I'd say whole food, maybe have a protein shake after you lift. And as a high school kid, like, I think that's all you need. That's all I did. You don't need to overthink yeah. it. Like you can, you know, as you get older, you can add some more things, you know, but as a high school kid, like you said, basic whole foods and maybe a protein shake. That's all you need. Well, I think too, you know, one of the things that has to be involved is you better have your training dialed in. You know, I, I think a lot of times everybody's like, I want to gain weight. I want to gain muscle. I want to gain muscle. But you see them, you know, in the weight room once or twice a week. Doesn't work that way, right? I mean, you got to, yeah. you know, you got to, you got to put the time in and then, you know, you, you can't out train a bad diet, you know, but you, you know, you can't really out eat a poor training session either. You know what I mean? Agreed. I'd say a story for me on that, you know, I said back in high school, you know, I, I made a quick decision to switch from basketball, my first love to wrestling. And the reason I did that straight up was because my coach said, you know, I think wrestling would help you more as an old lineman and maybe help you get your scholarship. So, you know, I dropped basketball just like that. But one thing that helped me is like, I always said I was a pretty, you know, tubby kid. Let's just is what I was. 
you know, the amount of wrestling training I was able to do, you know, that's six days a week, you know, wrestling, fighting, individual one-on-one mentality stuff. I was able to reshape my body in two years of wrestling. I went from, you know, when I started 6'2", 230, by two years later, I was 6'4", 280 in the heavyweight and I had a six pack. So being able to train every day, being able to push yourself, you know, I'd say maybe, I don't know what people think about this, but this was kind of my belief. Like I was able to do all that. You know, I'd be able to train at home, do, do speed training in the morning, do the lifting in the afternoon. And then I come home and be failing out, you know, with body weight work every day. You know, when you're young, you can push yourself so much farther than you think. And you can recover so quickly naturally that, you know, if you want to really take it to the next level, you have to learn to push yourself beyond because it becomes addictive. Like, and it's just your standard. Cause I remember this from the first, one of the days I got to Madison, you know, early on in the summer program and we're running a basket and I'm like, <laughs> you know, the training paid off. I felt like I was very ahead of the curve training wise. Felt like I was in great shape coming in. And I just remember one day you pull me aside and you say, Hey, you're going to make me a better strength coach. And I took that, you know, you telling me that right off the bat, like everything I've been doing has been paying off and I'm going to keep pushing to get better. And, you know, thus I'll help Bach get better. And, you know, things like that, you know, it keeps building and you might not realize at the time. I mean, I sent myself to the hospital because I trained too much, you know, overtrain syndrome and all that, but you know, you recover from that, but look how far you had come from the beginning, even though, you know, you needed to take a break. Quick question about, you know, you talk about wrestling and, uh, you know, was it a, was your wrestling coach, uh, was he a football coach as well at your high school? Oh uh, yeah. He was, uh, the JV coach at the time. So, you know, he tried to get me to wrestle my freshman year, but I had never done it. And like I said, I was all basketball all the time, but you know, the Ohio line coach, uh, telling me that, you know, it was like, you know, I gave it up just like that. I knew, you know, deep down, I knew right away, like, okay, this will help me for football more than basketball would. And definitely the, you know, training, the stamina, being in shape, leaning out, it did everything I needed it to do. No, that's, and that's a great point, Kevin, because, you know, us coaches can make such a big difference. You know, that's a great example right there is your football coach, you know, trying to convince you to go out for wrestling. And I'm assuming you never wrestled like in middle school, correct? No, I never did. I started as a, a sophomore. Kid. Yeah, I started as a sophomore. I went against a state qualifier every day. Got my got beat, my face beaten every day. And then my first year doing varsity, suddenly, boom, I'm a state qualifier. And then by my senior year, I'm state runner-up. Again, I unfortunately lost to a three-time state champ. So, but like crazy. Just, you know, sometimes you start late, but if you have the right drive and you just go, 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 it doesn't matter when you started. No, and I give you a lot of credit, Kevin, for, for doing that. You know, my my experience at high school, a lot of times we'll, we'll talk to a football player and we'll try to get them to wrestle. And if they, they didn't start wrestling when they were young, you know, they just don't want to do it. Or, you know, they, they just maybe I'll try it for a little bit and things get tough and then they quit. But obviously this has made a big uh, difference as far as helping you become a lot better football player. So what advice would you have for any high school linemen you know whether they're offense or defensive linemen on you know giving it a shot and then what if things don't go right that first week or that second week of uh, of wrestling you know what would you say to those type, kind of high school athletes I mean I think the biggest thing for wrestling for me is you know I went into it I didn't think about becoming a state champion wrestler I came into it thinking about it as the best training that could take me to where I want to be you know I will say wrestling you will that exhausts you, you know, wrestling. I don't know what it is, but something about wrestling will tire you out, take you, push you farther, like quicker than you could imagine. And just, it's incredible. And if you truly want to improve yourself, whether, you know, it's for football, for heck, like just personal development, there is no other sport that like can push you that far, that quick, make you tough. And then as far, you know, here's a big thing for team sport guys, like, it's a true one-on-one mentality. Either you worked hard enough or you got, you know, were able to get it done or you weren't. I mean, it was the only time in my whole high school career I wasn't team-based. 
And it really gave you a thing like, okay, it's on me. Like, I'm going to go out on this map against this other big kid from another school. And I'm either going to take care of business, outlast him, or I'm going to straight up beat him. And it's just like, you know, you don't get that experience very often. I know uh, UFC fighting and stuff, you know, I was taking off a little more and you get, it's very similar to that. But, you know, I would say for any of the guys, you know, if there's a superstar wrestler there, I'd say, you know, for the other guys, like, well, I don't want to do JV or something like going for the training, going there every day to learn how to push yourself. Cause you know, a lot of wrestlers will say it's like, as like, even as you like small guys and stuff, there's no training like it. Once you do it in high school, there's like really nowhere that you can do like go and get anything like that anymore. And it's actually a shame because I think it would be a really helpful thing in today's society. Like just being able to go and push yourself like that every single day. When you, and the, I think the best part about that is you never know what's going to, how it's going to turn out. You know, that's what sports is like. There's no guarantees, you know, and there, there's no guarantees that, you know, that if you love football, that, that you're going to end up going to college to play football that, you know, you have to approach it with that mindset that I'm going to go, I'm going to get better. I'm going to work my butt off. And, you know, if I get, if I get more opportunities, I get more opportunities. Exactly. And another funny wrestling story. So my senior year, um, you know, big, strong kid committed to Wisconsin, but you know, like I said, I approached his training suddenly, you know, I think I'm 41 and one going into it. And then I qualify for state tournament. And of course the first round matchup is against the number two guy in the state. And the only guy I lost to all year and he kicked my butt. He did. And I'm like, Oh boy, well, you know, I'm just going to go in all the way. I end up pinning the number two guy in the state. The only guy who beat me all year in the second round. And like I said, I ended up taking second in the state in the end. But like, you know, that can just show, like, even during a season, if you keep pushing and pushing, like, even if you're behind, you can still catch up. Like, it's crazy. So, Kev, too, uh, you got blood work done, too, as well, right? I mean, you, you even go that uh, yes. to get, you know, as far yes. as recovery and taking care of your body. I mean, you got blood work done last year and you found, right, some interesting stuff. Yeah, so I'll say this. Um, I'm having more appreciation for training and lifting again, more so than I've had in the past, even more so. Um, so what happened, um, basically the last couple of years, um, I've been trained, but let's just say I never felt right. Um, I was in a lot of pain and whether it was joints, my back, my knees, my feet, elbows, shoulders, like it was just different. And, you know, as athletes, you know, we're gonna deal with pain and soreness and whatever, we all know how to push through it. It's part of our thing. You know, it's what we sign up for. And a lot of people um, kept saying, okay, you're just getting older. You're just getting older, you know? Great. Um, it really came to a head while our something was very, very wrong. About 2018, in my first year with the New York Giants, I was spending hours in the training room trying to get, like, different joints worked out. And, like, I literally would lay on the table and I'd feel worse after getting up. And, you know, you get through the season, you're like, this is weird. Like, okay, thank goodness it's the off season. You know, I have some time to heal and we're going through like, you know, the whole season COVID hits and I'm like, it's been six months. I have not gone better. I'm actually getting worse. It was to a point where my feet were so swollen. I could not run. I would be at the gym in the PT, you know, PT every single day and nothing was getting better. I'd have to lift on my own because I couldn't keep up with the group. I mean, you know, this is a guy who can squat 500 pounds and like, I would try to put 135 on my back and my back might go out. Like truly robbed of my strength is how I described it. And, you know, in my head, I'm going nuts. Like what's going on? I can't do this anymore. Like, I don't think I can make it through a training camp. Like I feel like terrible all the time. Like, it was bad. Like there's no confidence going to it. Um, kind of as a last ditch effort. I was lucky. My agent was able to hook me up with a doctor out in Denver who did like insane blood testing. And on July 1st, I get my report back. So we're a month out from training camp and you know, I haven't done what I normally do. You know, I don't feel confident. I get an emergency call. Like you need to get you on medication right away. You have black mold all over your body. You have the highest levels we have ever seen in a human being. Like you are legitimately a month out from a heart attack. You have so much swelling in your body. And it's like, 
first of all, I was like, oh my God, they found something because I had seen other NFL doctors. They injected me like with cortisone shots and nothing happened. Like that's how screwy it was. Like I had no relief for probably a year and a half. And it was crazy. Uh, within a mu- week and a half of getting on the medication, like my body dropped 20 pounds of swelling. My feet went down to a normal size. Like I could start running and I was like, okay, I got training camp. I got three weeks to get ready for training camp. I better uh, get going. But it was like, holy cow. Like, and th- this is me every day stretching, trying to work out, you know, doing the recovery stuff, hot tubbing, ice baths, like, and there was no relief in there. Like, I was like, why am I doing this stuff? It's not helping anymore. And like, no one can tell me anything's wrong. I'm like, I must be going insane. But to find, like, finally someone find it, like, this is what's finally going on. And, you know, got through the year, you know, feeling good. And then I'd say this is the first offseason I had in the last three years where it's like, I'm finally able to start training. Like I, you know, like I used to be able to train, like I can run, I can lift. My strength finally started going back to like normal levels again after like declining. And it's like, I feel like I have on a new lease of life on my NFL career like feeling good you know and it's like okay I lost a couple years but I'm ready to go you know and I appreciate the game I appreciate the lifting even more like it's back I missed it I'm ready to go well and I think you know that just speaks to just you know how well because obviously you had some pretty good years while you're dealing with that too Kev so I mean you know and I knew that story and I I wanted to share it with our listeners because it really I mean speaks to like you know sometimes you just never know what's kind of going on in your body and you got to explore it. You got to make sure you figure it out. So, Kev, we're going to uh, kind of shift. We had some interesting happenings on Twitter here the last few days. Um, you spoke of, you know, your love for the Jordans and things like that. And there's a video that surfaced um, of you doing some pass sets in your uh, room as Sarah was in labor. And before we, we let you explain this, Kev, I want our listeners to understand this. This isn't, this wasn't like made up. This was not like edited for TV. Kevin was, when when Kevin was with the Browns, I think everybody knows my wife's family's from Cleveland and Kevin had a, at a suite for the, uh, for a year for Sarah and was very fortunate one year. He, He got me four tickets. So I got to bring, you know, my wife, um, my, my father-in-law and my brother-in-law, uh, to a game. So Bob and Jason and, and Corey and I were going over to Kevin's house and, and, uh, you know, and it was, it was awesome. Cause we got to see you guys play the, I think the Bengals and Alex Erickson. So I got to see a couple guys play. And as we're pulling in, I said, Hey guys, just, you know, don't be surprised if Kevin breaks into, you know, some past sets a little bit here and there in the, in the kitchen. And sure enough, you know, you did. Cause you know, that's just kind of Kev. So give me a little, let's tell, talk to our listeners a little bit about that. And, and, but I think what it honestly, Kevin, what it stems from is that you just want to be so good. You just want to be so good that no matter what it is, you're always thinking about football and, and things like that. So kind of talk to us a little bit about that. Cause just so you know, you know, your wife has over 1.5 million views and that was at like, you know, seven or eight o'clock this morning. So she's gone viral with that stuff, Kev. And you had the Jordans on too, I might add, if, if yeah. anybody didn't notice, Kevin had his Jordans on. So tell us a little bit about that, Kev. And tell us about, in, in seriousness, tell us about the process of, of adding, you know, a second daughter to your family because it's really awesome because you guys are such a great parents. Yeah, so it's funny, like, um, I truly had no idea she was filming me. She was getting checked on by the doctor. I'd been sitting for a while, so, you know, I had to get up and start moving, so I started doing some pass sets all over the room, and I didn't even know she posted it right away, and I was like, you know, I'm not a big social media guy. I do it a little bit, but, like, I would never post a training video or anything. Like, that's just not my style, and, of course, uh, I think we got back, and I was like, oh, snap it's on and I was like eh, whatever I'll probably get some jokes you know since it's not a secret that I pass it everywhere anymore I feel like when I got too dark they wrote all about it and stuff but you know it's just what I do I kind of started at Madison 
um, you know, we do our workouts, but then I'd go, whether, you know, morning or after the lift, like I go up to the McLean center, I'd be doing past drills or footwork, you know, about an hour extra every day, whether by myself or if I could convince someone else to come up with me. And I really, that started really like after my freshman year, you know, we three seniors graduated and I really wanted to try to go for a starting job. I didn't get to red shirt. So I was like, okay, I got three years left. I better get going. You know, I'm running out of time already. Like I've always felt like I'm always behind or running out of time. So it was like, okay, I need to get better at football and specifically pass pro. So I ended up, you know, doing Z drill or any sort of drill I could do on my own or try and learn how to snap up in McLean. And, you know, lots and lots of facets later and suddenly just started kind of shifting over to life. Like, you know, if we were out in college at night or when I at a bar, I'd be busting on pass sets at the bar. I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd like, yeah, what I want those or whatever. Like, you know, I'd be in my apartment and like thinking, you know, cause I just be thinking about, okay, let's, you know, get a practice rep in here. And it kind of is just, you know, always stuck with me. It'll be uh, crazy to see like after I'm done with the NFL, like if that keeps coming, happening, it probably will. But uh, be serious. probably be what I do the rest of my life. Kevin, that's awesome stuff. And, you know, usually we, on this podcast, I, I know Alex Erickson, we were talking to him and we had him on a podcast and he said the best part of the podcast I really enjoy is when you guys always, you know, ask for, get your edge advice for our listeners out there. But I, I know what it is already. It's getting extra reps and, you know, and doing that extra stuff. But besides all of that, because you're so self-driven, is there any, thing else that you would like to you know give as far as getting that competitive advantage to our listeners out there I mean I guess one thing is you know um you know for anyone out there you know you never know when you're going to be done playing your sport or you're doing your like you know competitive lifting or whatnot so I mean get after it you know I don't know when my NFL career is coming in. I have high goals to be here a long, long time still. But, you know, I'm going to attack it every day, you know, so I can keep giving it my best. And then another piece of advice, I mean, whatever your goals are, you know, mine was obviously to play D1 football. You're going to have to be okay being alone and, like, doing things on your own. Like, not everyone's going to understand. Not everyone has that goal at all. They're not going to understand why you need to lift extra, why you need to do extra, why – you need to do things like push yourself to get things done. Like you're going to have to be okay doing the things necessary to reach that goal. And it's going to be very boring occasionally. Like those passes I did in college, you know, when I was trying to get the starting spot, like I was very bored occasionally. I was very lonely and I was frustrated. Like, why do I need to do this? You know, you know, I'm doing it to myself. Like, why do I need to do this while the other guys don't need to like, but it's what I needed to do. And it all paid off. It built great stamina. It got me, you know, confident. It got me to the places I needed to be. So whatever you need to do, like, you have to do it and just accept, like, not everyone's going to be able to come with you. It's just that easy. And, and that's okay, right? That's, yes. that, that's okay because, you know, your goals are your goals. And I think a lot of our athletes need to hear that, that your goals are your goals. And, and if you're secure in what you really want, then sometimes you're going to have to say goodbye to maybe some, some things that, that are, that are toxic in your life, you know? And one of the things with you, Kevin, that, that you do maybe as well as anybody is the word monotonous, right? Is repetitive, 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 something day in, day out yeah. is that you make the monotony great. Like you are so in tune with what you need, but you're so, in tune with with yourself and making sure like you said you don't fall behind that you're always trying to get better and you make the monotony because you do it every day we talked about your schedule we talked about you know the recovery we talked about your diet you know those are you know in today's society those are all really hard things to do every single day every yeah. single day can you wake up and walk on the treadmill 20 minutes and stretch like i know you do can you come home and, and have something that's, that's good for your body. Can you, you know, if, you know, if you don't feel like going to the gym in the afternoon, can you still do that because it's on your schedule and you know 
that that is what needs to be done if you want to play at the level you want to play at. High school kids, college kids, coaches, everybody, you have to make the monotony great if you really want to be great as an individual. Yeah, Brian, you know, one thing at the Fox Valley Throws Club, when I trained shot putting discus, you know, athletes, and right now we got a bunch of kids that are they're working harder than heck in the summer. One of the big things I always say is the great ones never get bored with the basics. And Kevin, I think you're the, you know, you are the best example of that. In order to be really good at something, you got to put that time in. And like you said, it's going to be lonely at times and it might be boring at times, but you got to master the fundamentals and coaches out there. You know, I think the, the best coaches I've been around, whether they're O-line coach, whether they're defensive line coach, whether whatever they are coaching is they master their, get their athletes to really master the fundamentals. And I think that makes athletes so much better in their, in their sport that they play. And, and that's just great advice. And your, your energy is contagious. I just want to go down to my basement and just start lifting right now, Kevin. Yeah. Kev, I so got like your guns and roses. Kev, so, go ahead. Uh, you know, obviously Lamar Jackson, great athlete, right? That you get to, you get to work with, stuff like that. The Ravens are a, a smash mouth type football team, right? You want to run the football. How excited are you to play in that type of offense? Uh, very excited. You know, I've, I've played in the AFC North most of my career. I've seen them on film. You know, it's always a wild thing to watch, you know, so I'm very excited to be a part of it now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Dean, Dean, you got anything else for Kevin? Kevin, you got anything else? No. No, I think we're good. Awesome. Well, Kev, again, this was kind of a short notice deal, obviously, and uh, we appreciate you. You're up in Eagle River with spending some time with your family. So we really appreciate you taking some time out for our listeners. You are such a consummate professional and you are one of the hardest workers I've ever been around. And I can't tell you, like, like you said, you did, you've made me a way better strength coach than I was when I first met you. So for that, I thank you for our listeners. Tune in next week to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. If you're a thrower anywhere in the state of Wisconsin, Fox Valley Throws is where you want to be with Coach Manchi. Those of you who want to take your game to the next level, Sports Advantage in Beaver Dam, Key, or Mad the Madison-Verona area, we want to see you in there training, and we will see you next time. Chop it! <laughs>